Welcome to At The Whiteboard with Ruth and Nicole, the podcast for people who want to crush it at work. Each week, we'll talk about the latest tips, trends, and tricks to help you love your job and to help your boss love you too. It's like having a personal coach whispering advice into your ear, but without the whispering. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Eight. Is that possible? No. Season seven? I don't know. I'll look it up while you're talking. It's either eight or seven. That's exciting. So last season, we worked through uh, Queen Brene um, and Dare to Lead. Brene never never DM'd us. She never slid into our DMs or anything. But whatever. Uh, This time we are working through um, digital minimalism with Cal Newport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hope we're ahead of the curve on this one because... All of a sudden, there's all these other people I noticed on LinkedIn talking about Dare to Lead. And then I saw Brene has a podcast as well now. And well, I thought, mm-hmm. Brene, always copying us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So for season seven, we have a new book. So this one is just an intro. So if you haven't read anything yet, don't panic. I just wanted us to have a discussion about... Um, kind of the context of the book and why we think it's important and what we should expect to learn about in the next little while. There it is. I have my copy. Um, and I, so I, I took some notes just from the introduction. Um, and I just wanted to, I took a couple of little quotes that I thought were really fascinating to me. Um, and so what Calvin Newport was noticing in his research and in his work is that people were starting to feel like information addicts. Right. This like ability to need to know everything and be addicted to information because it's so easily accessible. I mean, you think about it. How many times have I been sitting with my family and someone will ask something like, well, when was when did World War One finish, you know, or something like that? And then everyone gets on their phones and starts Googling. And somehow 10 minutes has passed and it's been completely silent. And that's because everyone has just gotten engrossed, like reading about what they were, what we were talking about. Anything from, you know, important uh, historical conversations to, you know, how tall is Chris Hemsworth? Right. Six, three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just as a side note, uh, me and my family have never discussed uh, World War (laughs) One historical facts at dinner. Uh, Mine has. I, I made that up. Totally. (laughs) <laughs> we would be more likely to be looking up something, I don't know, something ridiculous. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, when, you know, when we were kids, it wasn't that easy. Even when you were a kid, I know I had was a kid, I either had to look in my dad's encyclopedia set or I had to wait till I could get to the library and I learned how to use a card catalog so I could go look things up. Even later than that, it, it wasn't at your fingertips. It wasn't instantly seconds away. It didn't and, it, and right now, if I want to look up stuff, I don't have to spell it right. I don't have to do any of that. And, and information is right there all the you, time. You could literally just be asking your A-L-E-X-A, which I can't say because she's behind It'll me. turn on? Yeah. She'll know. I won't have one of those in my house. Although, apparently, it doesn't matter because my phone's listening to me. So Yeah. So, tell me what you think about this sentence. Uh, tell me how you feel. Is your current relationship with technology sustainable or unsustainable Hmm. today it's sustainable four weeks ago it was unsustainable 
Mm. Because we started talking about this before Christmas, and I've made some big changes. Mm. But nonetheless, I, I'm on a path, and I still need to do more. Yeah, I yeah. still need to do more. I used to take, like, for instance, Twitter breaks. The first big thing I did was I canceled my Facebook account, and that was last year sometime. And then, because of work, and because I got a puppy, and my breeder was only on Facebook with puppy updates, I just created an account, but I'm not friends with anyone. I'm friends with one person because I wanted to be able to sell items in the local Facebook. Buy and, buy and sell? Yeah. So that's so I don't use Facebook at all. I'm, I'm just not connected with anybody except my puppy breeder and the buy and sell group. Um, and then, and I don't miss it. And then I took breaks from Twitter and I found I was missing that. Mm. But... Uh, so I did a few breaks, and then before Christmas, I unfollowed probably, I don't know, 150 accounts. I only follow, I think, two or three news sources now because I was following a ton, and that was very overwhelming. And still to this day, um, I, I will not screen scroll through everything because it's so overwhelming how much information there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find for me, it's probably it's Instagram. And again, because I do manage all our stories on Instagram, right. To some extent, I am on there a bit to look at that and do the work component of that. But I easily get looped into stories and can just sit there for an hour and be watching them. And then I get so frustrated with myself. Um, I knew we were going to talk about this and I noticed. So if I'm, I usually am doing something besides watching TV, unless it's some movie that I've never seen and I'm really engrossed in. If it's just like, the weather or the news or something I've seen or a movie that I don't really care about. I'm doing crossword. I'm cleaning. I'm baking. I'm doing whatever. I've noticed I start picking up my phone even when I don't realize I'm doing it. I may have just looked at it 10 minutes ago and I pick it up to look 100%. at it. I have started. So our, our TV is in our basement. So we, we don't usually watch TV. Well, we, we can't watch TV on the main floor. Mm-hmm. And I have now started two things that we started to do. Um, I leave my phone upstairs when I go down to watch TV. Gosh, this sounds so lazy. Anyhow, uh, but the point is that when I go down to watch a show, you know, I do consider that kind of quality time that we get to spend to each other after the baby goes to bed. And, you know, I do consider that like something that we're sharing. And if both of us are sitting scrolling our phones, watching a show, half watching a show, it's really not the same. So I started leaving my phone upstairs is one of the things I started doing to kind of prevent that aimless scrolling. Um, And another time I really noticed that I do it um, is once I'm home with the baby in the evening, everyone's kind of eaten, done everything. When I'm tired of playing tea party for the 300th time, I do a lot of scrolling and I feel guilty about it. And I'm not... Oh, I noticed I was like... I was procrastinating going to bed for whatever reason. And I, I laughed a little bit. I looked at my phone and I said, there's nothing else for me to look at. I scrolled everything. <laughs> you scrolled to the end? Yeah, I did. I scrolled <laughs> and I went and I was like, what else am I going to Ruth, go to bed. So, <laughs> right? That's another like, big what thing. What else is on my phone? Another big habit that I started to do that we did kind of over the Christmas holidays I do a ton of reading when we go to the cottage, more so than I ever do at home. Um, and so one of our other new habits is rather than just going down into the basement and watching like 
mm-hmm. two or three episodes of something and binging. We only watch one episode of something. Yeah. That is it. We come upstairs and then we read until bedtime. We and I find that I fall, as- I fall asleep immediately, especially mm-hmm. if I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Even if it's one of my terrible, exciting sci-fi books. Right now I'm reading The Witcher. It's also on Netflix. I am so strange. Um, So, you know, what Cal Newport talks about is people actually experiencing exhaustion from this information, this unsustainable technology overload. And they kind of said something like, there's so many shiny baubles pulling at your attention. You think about that when you go on your phone, right? And uh, you go to do something. Right. You've got a task like I need to call an Uber or uh, put something in my calendar. And it's like, oh, email. Oh, yeah. a text. <gasps> I Instagram notification. Like, notification. Oh, right. I wanted to make a look. You know. Right. And so then it, he starts talking about um, it manipulating your mood. So mm. tell me, tell me if you experience social media or any kind of technology being on your phone, whatever that might be, how does it impact your mood, either positively or negatively? Well, as you know, I deal with um, generalized anxiety disorder, which means um, that on some days it is harder for me than others to um, maintain a really good mood. It's easy to be triggered when you have GAD. Most of the time, it's not a problem at all. In the winter, it tends to be more of a problem, especially on days like this where it's kind of gray and gloomy. If I read a lot of news or um, there are Twitter fights going on or um, some kind of terrible, even if it's really good, important news like the climate change, the fires in Australia, um, politics and what's happening, it absolutely, it, it sort of, I'm, I describe it being like pig pen from uh, Charlie Brown, you know, the mm. guy that walks around with a little cloud of dust over his head? Yeah. And it's just like a little cloud of doom. And it really can now. I also, one of the things that I try to do is I don't close the app until I found something positive, <laughs> which is harder than others. <laughs> but that's why I follow things that are silly. Like I follow funny animals or yeah. uh, the peanuts or, yeah. you know, and of Green Gables or, you know, and I'm more likely to find something to do that because it, it absolutely. Um, because of the nature of the world today, it absolutely can affect my mood for sure. And I can make my brain race before bed. Are you impacted by, um, so I know a lot of people experience this. I think it might be related to my shame issue, (laughs) but, um, if you need, want to hear about my shame issue, that's go back a season. Um, yes. The one that's entitled Nicole may be a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that some people start like feeling this like this inadequacy thing looking at social media and looking at all the perfection I mean I personally don't I mean I I very early on I remember a friend a friend of mine you know talking asking a question about another mutual friend of ours who they hadn't seen in a long time and they were like oh my gosh so and so just looks like they're loving life right now and looks so happy and looks like everything's exciting. And, you know, they were totally blurred by the Instagram feed. And I was like, you know, I, of course, didn't gossip or anything. No. Not me. Um, and, I, you know, I just thought to myself, like, wow, 
literally has no idea. And I think that was like my first kind of thing that went, oh my gosh, people post all the good thing. No one, no one posts the bad things on their Instagram feed. Well, you know that Dolly Parton challenge right now. Yeah. With the Facebook, what is it? Facebook, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram, Instagram, and Tinder. and Tinder. And all that does is just show how everybody uses the social media to show what they want to show. Yeah. And none of it of is the truth because you're not going to go and post a picture of yourself on a day where you feel awful and you've, you've got a headache and you don't feel well. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, that's what I've, I've always been fascinated by stories, which I thought were a great way to like, yes, you can have a nice Instagram photo in your feed or whatever, and it can look beautiful and be totally staged. And then, you know, in your story, you're showing a picture of, you know food being thrown all across your house and that it's not that great one of my favorite people to follow is um katie couric you know the news person and she's 60 i don't know mid to late 60s she will post her thing of tinder of the dolly parton challenge was her hair all up in a big weird soap (laughs) bubble with from the shower like it was very her flat out no makeup and she posts really um realistic pictures however her really realistic pictures are usually in the garden of her home on in Long Island, you know, in, Ham, in the Hamptons or, you know, in her Fifth Avenue or whatever it is apartment. Even though she is very natural, the surroundings are still something that you might yeah. look at and go, oh. Yeah. But I don't, I tend not to compare myself. Yeah, and I very uh, quickly, if, if sometimes an, an, a particular person's feed is really annoying me, like if it's making me in any way feel yeah, yeah. inadequate, yeah. Um, I'll just delete it. Learning how to mute a feed was a very big win for <laughs> Key. me. Um, so uh, get a load of this. I loved, I highlighted this and put a star around it and everything. Checking slash updating becomes a nervous twitch that shatters uninterrupted time into shards too small to support the presence necessary for an intentional life. Well, that's really um, strong. Right? The nervous tick that gets you to constantly update and check and see what's going on breaks the tiny bits of time of uninterrupted time you have into shards that are too small to be intentional and present that's that sounds like um that whole thing of people going on vacation and constantly getting the right picture instead of observing and building a memory yes Mm -hmm. because you're not present in the moment drives me crazy fireworks display or uh, a parade or something you know, maybe get one photo, but people just constantly hold it up and record it. And you're like, watch it. Yeah. This is no different than being on TV. But that really, yeah, that really, um, that hit me hard. Just yeah. that nervous twitch of checking. Yeah. Um, Same. And so. I update, but I do check. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, all these psychological things that come out. And then, like, some people are going to full, like, online, like, anger and outrage, right? And so, like, if you watch comments in Facebook groups or on Twitter as well, I'm sure, like, things get heated and angry and... And personal. Personal and just unpleasant. I know myself, I have this weird 
Social media doesn't usually upset me, but there is something about um, online Facebook groups where people post like really obvious questions or get really overly upset about things that they're looking for crowdsourcing. Like, I, I mean, I, I the typical one I think about is mom Facebook groups and like rashes. <laughs> and people are always like taking a photo of their baby's rash and they're like, oh my God, what is this? Should I be worried? And you know, yes. Consult the hive on whether you should, you know, run to emergency, you know. Consult all these people you don't know on the health of your child. Right? With 179 comments of people saying it's this rash or that rash or this rash or that rash or I stayed home, my baby's rash was fine, I didn't stay home, I took my baby to merge and thank God I did. Like, those ones get me really riled up and angry and that's probably, other than the just, sometimes my disappointment the main psychological effects that I feel with social media and my phone and technology right now is the disappointment in myself that I've let myself just scroll away precious time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my head, I have masked it as relaxation. Mm. So it's like, Oh, you know, my night is over. I'm ready to chill. I'm ready to do whatever. Now I can scroll uninhibited without being interrupted it's just I don't know and then I realize I've just scrolled away an hour and I just I, I just feel sick with myself oh yeah no I disappointed I, in myself right oh, I'm disappointed uh, in myself I don't think I have that mine is really the acknowledgement that I'm getting sucked in so there's a dog trainer named Zach George um on YouTube he's extremely popular um, everywhere he, he's been doing it for years and years and years and he teaches positive reinforcement training and he's associated with a bunch of companies for animal foods and all kinds of stuff anyway he, he's been he bought a puppy last year a border collie and he's been doing pretty much weekly videos on different stages of the puppy and all the training and he posted I stopped watching after a while because I didn't need it anymore um and he posted a thing last night that said that his latest video was more controversial than he thought and he would address it in a separate video today. So I went to go watch it. He took his dog to a dog park. His dog was nervous. He was socializing her. The dog nipped at another dog. He picked the dog, his dog up, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. And um, the comments, holy cow, they ranged from, uh, thank you so much for this, it's very helpful, to here's a quote you sir are a charlatan and it went on about what a loser he is that he doesn't know anything about training that's not how you train a dog you should never do xyz like it went on and personally attacked him so hard and it made me feel so bad for him because i thought who you don't even know him but that's the whole thing about social media it's a place people can just spew their vitriol without even knowing yeah. who's receiving it and what state of mind they may be in 100 percent And so Cal Newport's been saying, you know, how can we extract value from all of these, this access to news and information and, you know, the hive uh, without losing control, without impacting ourselves. And so typical common solutions to digital minimalism have been things like, you know, hacks and tips uh, you know, the iPhone. Leave your phone really, upstairs. Leave your phone upstairs. Yeah. Take an hour off. I mean, a lot of people have taken heed to that, not looking at their phone first thing in the morning or first thing, you know, last thing before bed type thing. 
Um, turn your notifications off. You know, the screen time alerts that the iPhone now has, right? Lots of that. Again, is it enough to truly break this addiction that some of us might have to technology? And is it enough to um, help heal some of the psychological impacts that we may be feeling? And there might even be like, I wouldn't say I'm, you know, grossly affected, but I would say I have micro psychological yeah. impacts when I use social media too much, whatever that yeah. might be. Um, so is it more than just limiting it? It's changing it. Yes. So I, so the, the, the concept of the book is, is, is not, you know, so if you're expecting hacks and tips to use your phone less, digital minimalism isn't it. We're talking about a full-fledged philosophy on how we access and use technology. So this impactful for our like people who are listening to us to learn about leadership and self-development at work and all that. Well, I think I think we'll I, I, I think it's understanding what you're using and how you're using it and when you're using it. Right. Right. Um, we're obviously <laughs> we're running on three platforms right now that we want people to access. Right. right? It's just I, I think it's it's a mindfulness exercise versus yes. an elimination or, you know, anything like that. So we've got, um, today we're doing just the introduction. Part one is the foundations um, and part two is the practices. So what we're going to do is the, the, the goal here is that we're going to make a case for digital minimalism. Oh, cool. Right? Um, and teach you how to adopt that philosophy into your life. And that's kind of, that's where we're at. So our next section in the podcast will be chapter one, which is pages three to 27. Okay. Um, pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Um, and that's where we'll go. So I'm excited to explore this. I'm excited to, to see what comes of it. It's very topical. I think it'll be great. It's very topical. And on that note, we will see you next week for chapter one. So get reading. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find us on all the usual social media. Our website is whiteboardconsulting.ca. And this podcast will be available visually on YouTube by searching Whiteboard Consulting Group, Inc. Or if you want to read our blog that summarizes it, you can check out At The Whiteboard, a publication on medium.com. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at whiteboardconsulting.ca. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.